Hello and welcome to The Planet Today, where we cover the latest in climate change, wildlife conservation, renewable energy, and environmental policy. Today's Friday, August 18th, 2023. I'm your host, Matt Norton, here by myself today because we're about to air my interview with Corey Tyree. Before we get into things, here's a quick note from one of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by KitCaster. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. How do funded startup founders attract prospects and talent? Podcast interviews. How do entrepreneurs with exits find new deals? Podcast interviews. How do C-suite execs differentiate in crowded markets? Podcast interviews. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation. Today on TPT, we are joined by Corey Tyree of Trillium Renewable Chemicals. Trillium is revolutionizing the way that chemicals are produced through their innovative, sustainable approach while leading the charge in the bioeconomy and creating renewable, eco-friendly chemicals. Their approach includes using renewable feedstocks such as waste biomass to produce high-quality, environmentally friendly, and cost-competitive chemicals that are not petroleum-based. Corey Tyree, welcome to the planet today. Hey, great to be here. Thanks for having me, Matt. Absolutely. Excited to get to know you and get to hear your story. So first off, what first got you interested in environmentalism and sustainability? You know, I think it probably happened. I was 22 and I was I just graduated with an engineering degree and I had to decide what I wanted to do for uh, my graduate degree. I had a lot of choices. You could, I could do semiconductors, traditional chemical energy stuff. And I met with this guy who was doing more environmental work. And I, I met with him and I thought the story and what, what he told me was fascinating. He told me about how the atmosphere uh, behaves and how chemical engineers and our skill set can sort of use those skills to understand it. And the complexity uh, fascinated me. And I think the knowledge that he had, uh, I, I admired. And so I chose that track. That's how it happened. And, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years since then. Gotcha. Gotcha. So from that point, what led you to Trillium and what sort of work do you do and what does your team do? Yeah. So how I got here, you know, like a, like a lot of people, right? There's a lot of twists and turns in these career careers, but I think this is really how I got here. I was working in the um, utility industry. Hmm. I was working in a fossil energy plant and I was 35 and that didn't feel like a great place to be when you were 35, I had a long career ahead of me. And so I really felt like I wanted to get into something in an area that was growing and changing and things were being built. When you're, in, you're an engineer, right? You want to build things. Yeah. And so I went to work at a research institute that was working on all kinds of things, energy storage, um, renewable chemicals, and developing technologies in these really emerging areas. And my job there was, okay, cool science, but... How do you turn that science and make it real? How do you create companies, jobs, plants out of that cool science? And my job was to get the science out of the lab 
and create companies. And one of those companies became Trillium. And the investors that I met to help start the company, they said, hey, do you want to come and run this? And I said, yes, absolutely. So here I am. Gotcha. So just one of those things where it seems like a right place, right time scenario to, to make that big jump. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think so much of this, you know, just being opportunistic, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's not a lot of opportunities to do this. I mean, it feels like there's a lot of clean tech companies, but not really, right? Not a lot of startups. And so, you know, look, I hadn't had this opportunity before. It came my way, took it. Yeah. The clean tech industry is so interesting right now because at the same time that there are so many awesome advances going on and it seems like every week, every month, there's some new development that people like us, environmental people in the environmental field will be excited about it. But there's also a lot of pressure on that industry to try to break through traditional forms of energy and, and our existing infrastructure. So yeah, totally get what you're saying with feels like there's a lot, but at the same time, it's tough. Yeah, and I think the industry is at this point where, you know, Matt, I don't know, what, are we, what is this, 2.5, 3, clean tech 3 maybe? Anyways, I after clean tech 1.0, as people called it, right, I think the pressures that you're alluding to comes from the place of we've heard a lot of great pitches, a lot of sensational mm -hmm. claims. You guys got to deliver, right? And so I feel that. I mean, there is a cynicism mm -hmm. out there. And I feel that, especially when fundraising, you know, people have heard a lot of big stories in the past. I do feel like this time's different. Look, I think the timing's better. I mean, there's more interest mm -hmm. from consumers, right? So there's more pull at the end of the market than than there was in 2010. Yeah, yeah, sustainability's hot right now, which is very exciting. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, it probably probably should have been a little more exciting back in 2010 as well. Yeah, you know, you wish it wish it was like that. And I gotta say, you know, when I first started talking about what Trillium does, I would say, and I'm talking maybe let's call it eight years ago, the the reaction you would get has changed, right? It used to be cost, 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 man. And I get that. I mean, I focus, we focus on cost too, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but I would say now there's sort of a, a yes, tell me what the cost is. But I also sort of appreciate the, the product features that your product has versus uh, other existing products. So there's an appreciation for those features, low carbon footprint, for example, that, that, that really wasn't there uh, 10 years ago. So I want to get into that a little bit. And I think the best place to start would be traditional chemicals and, and how those are produced. Because I think before we can talk more about Trillium, let's talk about the conventional methods. So how are traditional petrochemicals produced? Yeah, so you know, for the most part, you start with a petroleum-based feedstock. So barrel of oil, natural gas. And then you take that mm -hmm. base material and then you convert it at a chemical manufacturing plant and add value to that cheaper raw material and create something new that has new features. Maybe it's really reactive. Maybe you can make plastics out of it. Maybe you can make gasoline out of it, right? And so that industry uh, basically works by taking raw materials, converting it into another chemical that has value. And somewhere down the line, eventually it becomes a finished product that maybe consumers use. And so that's how it works today. Um, there's a couple that that industry does do several things right. One of the things they do right is they take that raw material and they turn turn a large percentage of the raw material into a desirable product. Not much waste, right? Mm -hmm. That's what you want to do to make the economics work. 
So mm-hmm. the way to think about Trillium is we take that good feature of the traditional chemical process industry using traditional chemical processing techniques and make one of the same it's the same product. We're not making a new product. It's been around for 50 years. We're making it from a plant-based feedstock. So we change the raw material and combine the sort of the benefits, the high yields, the high efficiency of traditional chemical processing techniques and make a drop in material. And what do you get for that? You get a product that can meet the specs um, and it has a much lower carbon footprint relative to one made from a barrel of oil. So do you have any specific numbers on how much lower the carbon footprint is? Yeah, it'll be at least 70%. And there's there's things that we can do to drive that even further. Trillium can produce a net zero chemical. I mean, even 70% is a huge increase compared to, or I guess decrease uh, in this case, huge decrease compared to traditional. Yeah, net zero has sort of a nice, you know, I like, I want to get there. And it's a matter of choice. Technically, you absolutely, you can get there. It's a matter of cost. Yeah. But we see 70% as, as where we can get to with our first plant. Gotcha. And in do, I guess that kind of leads to my next question. Um, what chemicals have been brought to the market by your team? Um, and maybe what are some other ones that you're working on that we should expect in the pipeline soon? Yeah. So what we've got in the pipeline now is we're making two chemicals, acrylonitrile, not a household name. I know man, yeah. I say it all day long. <laughs> you can, if you want to sound like you're an insider, we can call it acrylo. Um, and we also make plan to make acetonitrile. Here's the thing. A lot of people hadn't heard of it. It sounds obscure. But acrylo is one of the 20 biggest chemical markets in the world. I mean, this stuff's everywhere. You've got it in your house. Uh, this case on this AirPod is made out of ABS plastic. The A stands for acrylo. <laughs> Lego bricks, they're made partly out of acrylo. All carbon fibers made out of acrylo. Uh, acrylic fiber blankets, sun umbrellas. I mean, this stuff is used in all kinds of cool products that really aren't going anywhere. Everything you listed are things where I'm like, yeah, yeah, I have a lot of that in my apartment here. I mean, my bike has carbon fiber on it. Yeah, I mean, that's an incredible material. You know, the other one I always liked, you know, people are familiar with the the nitrile gloves, the blue gloves that doctors Mm -hmm. wear. And those gloves are better than latex. They don't rip when you put them on. I just used them this weekend, right? They give you more protection. Those are made out of acrylonitrile. So there's all kinds of cool products made out of this material. So we're talking about everyday household items. This isn't something that the listeners here are going to be like, oh, that's cool, but I'm never going to use that in my day to day. These are actual products that we use daily, pretty much. Oh, yeah. Every time you get in your car, your car dash, your bumper, I mean, this stuff's all over the place. So my next question might be a bit of a tougher one, but I feel like with any new process, any new industry, there's going to be challenges that are found kind of along the way. Are there any externalities that your team has found um, while you're using biomass, for example, that you're looking to fix as the company continues to grow? Yeah. And I think your listeners would be, I think, pleased to know that the people in this industry um, are quite sophisticated when it comes to, they they just don't take my word for it. Oh, great. 70% reduction in carbon footprint. Great. Where, you know, where's the contract? Mm -hmm. Um, They ask a lot of questions. There's a lot of scrutiny. We're not going to be able to get away with greenwashing. There's going to be a lot of scrutiny. And you ask about the feedstock. I'll just talk about it in that context. Um, There's a lot of scrutiny. Okay. It's a plant-based crop. Where does it exactly come from? Non-GMO, GMO? 
What about deforestation? Is, is the feedstock mm. certified? Is it certified by a group of people that are credible and have, and have adhered to responsible agricultural techniques, right? And so it's pretty rare where the, you know, nobody just asks about carbon footprint. People dig in. Yeah. They really dig in and, the, and there's a lot more sophistication. And I think that's because no one, no one wants bad PR here, right? If they're going to buy and market a clean product, it's got to be clean. Yeah, and that's got to be one of the harder parts, I guess, of uh, this is a good problem to have. So I'm using harder very loosely, but the people who are going to be asking questions, the people who maybe are your investors, they're probably people who care a lot about this industry and about you know this, this field as a whole. So when you bring up greenwashing, for example, it's not something you could do if you're going to claim to be a green company, a clean company. You know, these are things that people really, really care about and for some people, maybe for the average consumer, they want to see fair trade certified on their coffee, but that's the most digging they'll do into it. For other consumers, it's a huge part of who they are in their core. So, you know, it, it is really important to, to make sure you're doing it the right way, like you said. Yeah, I, I, yeah, exactly. And, um, and, and the reality is, is, I mean, there's no alternative for Trillium. Mm -hmm. If we're going to be successful, yes, the driving... Uh, the driver behind interest in what Trillium does and others is the carbon footprint. But you can bet that they're going to ask you lots of questions about the origins of that material, your water footprint. They're not done with carbon footprint. Yeah. And, and so, um, yeah. And I mean, that's just, and the good news for Trillium is that's the, that's the world that we grew up in. We're just a two year old company and we don't know anything different. Right. I mean, our first week of meetings, people ask us all these same questions, right? And so that that's that's who we're going to be. Gotcha. So I guess my, my next question is another big one here. And what role do you see Trillium and more broadly, the renewable chemicals industry playing in protecting the environment while our economy continues to grow? Yeah, I mean, I, I like the, the, the growth question, right? Because, you know, you've got um, developing nations where so mm -hmm. demand for chemicals is soaring. Right. So um, how do you support that growth and not at the same time actually increase carbon emissions? Right. And so um, I love recycling and we're seeing a lot of traction in the chemical industry for the, in the recycling world. You're starting to really see some significant advances. So that is happening. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of companies focused on that. But as, as you just mentioned, though, you're talking about growth. Recycling is good it's not going to support the type of growth that's forecasted for this industry. So there's your answer, right? You have to have renewable chemicals in order to support growth and decarbonize at the same time. It's the, it's the only way for this to happen. And so it's, it's, there's no one silver bullet here, right? You need recycling. Agree. You also mm -hmm. need, um, lower carbon footprint, raw materials. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I, that's honestly, the no silver bullet answer is the one that we come back to for every single environment. Every topic. podcast, but, right? No silver yeah, bullet no, no matter what people come on the show to talk about, whether it's wildlife conservation or, or clean tech, it always comes back to, look, it's going to take not just this, but a lot of measures like this all adding up to solve this gigantic puzzle that we're trying to solve all before it really hits the fan. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's, it's humbling, right? I mean, to think about even though Trillium's in this, 
it, it's, it's a big market, big business, but there's so many other things that have to happen to come together really to make a dent in these emissions. So I do also want to ask a bit more about the products that your team is putting out. So I know you had mentioned the plant-based plastics um, and that side of the chemical industry, but what other chemicals is your team working on? Yeah, so we're really focused. I mean, um, the acrylo and aceto market are so big, right? I mean, it's a it's a mm -hmm. big market with all kinds of uh, very diverse in-use segments, all these different consumer markets. So one, one thing, you know, I, I, it excites people to talk about lots of products because what that translates as, oh, big markets, mm -hmm. right? That that's That's a story that really works well on the fundraising trail. Um, and, and I can do that too, right? There's a whole library of molecules that I can say, well, if you we can make this, we can also make this, this, and this. I don't like doing that because what that to me sounds like is, is an unfocused company with no strategy. So I, our team talks about this every day, stay focused. We're making Acrylo and Aceto. Better to do a few things very well than to, uh, be a jack <laughs> of all trades. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's exciting. I'd love to tell you about all the stuff we could do, but we, we got to stay focused. I think that's key to success for a startup. And, and I think that also expands just to anyone who is listening to the show right now, whatever line of work they're in can probably take something away from that there where there's a lot of things I could tell you I could do, but here are the things I'm doing really well right now. And here's where you're going to see the actual progress. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. We've only got so many R and D dollars to spend and you have to spend them wisely. So my next question is a bit more about end use, um, end of life for these plant-based chemicals, plant-based plastics. How do these break down compared to a synthetic or petroleum-based chemical? Yeah, so it's the same exact product that we're making. Now, the, the good news is for Acrylo, you know, where the real nightmare is the single-use mm -hmm. products, right? Where you have you know, very short lifespans, you use it, trash mm -hmm. can, right? So think about carbon fiber. The, the, the wonderful thing about carbon fiber, even for the ones made from petroleum, right, is there's so much benefit while the carbon fiber is flying around on the airplane in the air for 30 years, right? Because that light weighting improves fuel efficiency. And so there's not only the, the uh, carbon footprint of the raw material, but there's also the benefit of the light weighting. And so if you look at the full life cycle, for carbon fiber, say in the aerospace application, it's quite good. And it's accomplished through that very long life. It's a durable good. And that's generally true for most acrylo materials. Uh, the Lego brick is a great example, right? That glossy, seamless connection that the bricks make. I mean, those things look, I've got some from yeah. when I was a kid, they still look brand new, right? I mean, it's a tremendous yeah. product. And, and yeah, so... So that's mostly true. I'll give you an example where that's not true, though. And this is where I think Trillium Solution can be impactful because our benefits actually diluted in the case of the, aeros the airplane. Think about the, the glove. Could have blood on it, right? Could have hazardous materials. You take it off, you throw it away, no way to recycle that glove. What then drives the life cycle of that product is the raw material because it's such a short lifespan. So technically you it's a, you can absolutely recycle the glove. It's the hazardous part of it that makes it uneconomical. And so 
um, the only way to improve that life cycle, when you look at the life cycle analysis, the glove jumps mm -hmm. off the page. Acrylonitrile is the problem. The raw materials, the, the problem exists deep in the supply chain at the raw material level. Gotcha. So this is more of a, of a root cause issue, and it's not really something you can just slap a Band-Aid on, and it seems like by switching over to renewable, greener chemicals that are plant-based, it's something that addresses that root issue. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, if you're going to, if you look at the, if you want to decarbonize that particular product, it's clear what to go do, right? You've got to, you've got to get a lower carbon footprint or low raw material. It's a really exciting time to, to be a fan of clean tech, of, of renewable energies, renewable chemicals, because it seems like, you know, you had alluded to this before 10, 15 years ago, the, the fight was always, do we want to do the right thing by the environment or do we want to cut costs? And now it seems like we're kind of at this point in our economy where both things, no matter if it's money or the planet that you care about more, they're both kind of intersecting in these same green solutions. So it's, it's a really exciting time for me and I think for people who listen to this show. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, at least from my standpoint, you know, having spent most of my career in these things, right? You know, there was such a cynicism when I first started doing this. And that, that could really weigh on you and sort of de-energize you. Mm -hmm. um, so many things have changed, right? It, it's sort of proof of what you're talking about. I mean, there's more market pool. That's one. There, there's better alignment with government policy and regulation. That's two. Three, investors are starting to believe because the other two are true, right? So all these things are happening at one time and, um, and, and timing matters. I mean, there was some, there was some stuff that pro, you know, surely failed 15 years ago that had it came about now would pro, may have, may have very well made it. Yeah. Yeah. And I know this is going to make me, uh, sound like a rookie in the industry a little bit, but I graduated high school 10 years ago this month. And I remember when I was first going off to college at the university of Delaware, I said that I, I loved animals. I don't know what I want to do, but I want to do something in the environmental field. And I remember a bunch of people being like, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to be a veterinarian? And that was kind of the only thing that people could think of. And then I remember saying, no, I want to get into environmental policy or envir something in the sustainability field. And everyone early on kind of shook their head and, well, what are you going to do with that? Now, 10 years later, you know, everything seems to be sustainable. Everything is, whether it's a buzzword or it actually matters to companies, there is a different story, but everyone is talking about sustainability and how we can make our products and, and our entire economy greener. So, you know, like I said, I've only been doing this for 10 years, but it's been a really exciting 10 years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a proof point there. I mean, the last job Trillium Post, we had, had over a thousand applications, right? I mean, that's awesome. That, Matt, that's not true 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, you know, the other thing too, and this is back to that there is no silver bullet. There's so many ways to contribute, right? I mean, even the, the traditional uh, fossil fuel-based industry, they're doing all kinds of things. They're buying blocks of renewable energy. They're switching from gray ammonia to blue or green ammonia, right? They, it's there's actually a way to chase it, you know, and be involved in sustainability pretty much everywhere now, mm. right? Exactly. All right, my last question for you: What is next for Trillium? We are building a demonstration plant, and you know what is that? It's a plant built in a shop that gets delivered on a truck. It's that mm. big, 
So it's going to produce um, much larger scale of product, which will allow us to send to customers to allow them to make their product, carbon fiber, hopefully toys, right? That's the final pre-commercial scale. You know, Matt, people talk about the valley of death and clean tech, right? You got to cross the valley of death. Almost every clean tech presentation mm -hmm. talks about this. That gets us across the valley of death. So it's a big achievement. We get there. We start talking about building the world's first green acrylonitrile plant. That is awesome. Corey, thank you so much. This was so interesting for me, and I definitely feel like I learned a lot, and I'm sure the listeners will too. If people want to keep up with you, your team, or your work, where is the best place for them to do that? Yeah, so you can, if you want to learn more, you can go to trilliumchemicals.com. We're on Twitter, Trillium Chem, or we're on LinkedIn, Trillium Renewable Chemicals. We are actively posting there. And if you, we're small enough that if you connect to those pages, the guy reading it right here, me. So awesome. Well, we will link all of those in the show notes and uh, go make sure you give them a follow. Go check out the website. Corey, we end all of our interviews with three fun, rapid-fire questions. You ready? Okay. Yep, ready. Number one, what is your favorite animal? Love tigers. Number two, what is something you do to be more sustainable in your own life? Recycle. And number three, what is one topic you think my listeners should be more aware of after hearing from you today? Ooh, that's an interesting <laughs> one. That's why we do a third. <laughs> the one thing I think that people would be surprised to know about the, the, the chemicals industry is um, it's there's a lot more sensitivity to environmental issues than people think. And I, this goes for my competitors. You know, people tend to on clean tech knock the incumbents and say, oh, the assumption is they're some of bad actors. I actually don't find that to be true at all. Mm -hmm. the, the, the incumbents in the industry are very shrewd people and they're very interested in what Trillium's doing. And they they're doing they're doing a lot too. So I, I would say that I always like to point out that the the industry's not quite as the bad actor that I think people assume. Gotcha. Well, that is that is definitely very insightful, and uh, hopefully that takeaway for the listeners is that your team is doing it better. <laughs> yep, that's right. All right, Corey, thank you again. This was great. All right, thanks, Matt. All right, that'll do it for today's show. We'll be back next Friday for another episode. Thanks again to Corey for his time today. In the meantime, you can check out our socials at Planet Today Pod for more TPT. For the entire Planet Today team, I am Matt Norton. See you next week. Hey.